0: Good morning. So good to be here. It's always a great blessing to come on the first day of the week as we have opportunity to study and to remember the great Lord and bring worship and worship His great name. As we come together this morning, I look out and I'm so thankful for each person that made it a point to be here. It has something to do with your desire to be plugged in, to be committed. And so you made a decision somewhere before this morning, somewhere before right now that you were going to be here and you were going to come and you were going to remember the Lord and the great sacrifice that took place. Now I'll tell you something else. When it comes to the life of preaching, the hardest part is always figuring out what you're going to speak on. And so throughout this past week, I asked Mike, I think on Monday, I said, man, I said, "Uh, I don't know how you come up with lessons every week. I said, what do you think I should speak on? And without missing a beat, he said, "We'd speak on being plugged in. And I said, okay, so we're here this morning, and we're going to talk about being plugged in. But I also want you to know, come back tonight, because I talked to Bree, and Bree said, speak on life. And so tonight we're going to talk about life, but this morning, for the short time that we have... I want to talk about being plugged in. Now, as it goes, I've got a baby girl that says she would help me. And so we borrowed a lamp from Miss Charlie Kate. And uh, when it comes to being plugged in, you understand the point or the purpose behind it. Because you plug it in, it's super simple. This is very elementary. You plug it in, if you plug it in right. And the light comes on. And if it's unplugged, there is no light. You plug it in, it works. You take it out, there is no work. So you plug it in, and we see that we've got a working light. So thank you, Charlie, for your lamp. All right. This morning, I want to talk to you about being plugged in. Now, plugged in is something that says, now wait, when you talk about plugged in, I don't necessarily know if I understand. I don't know what it means to be plugged in for, for a period of time. And so I'll break it down to something that's a lot easier, something that you can understand. All right, it's called SEC football. All right, it's called band practice. It's called football at high school. It's called any sport, baseball, basketball, anything that you choose to be involved in. Now we're talking about plugged in. Now now you know where we're going. Okay, we understand what it means to be plugged in. On Friday night, I had the opportunity to go to uh, the South Haven and Hernando uh, football game. And while I was there, Mark and I were talking about the great commitment that is required in being in band. It's not like you go and you perform and you go home and life's all hunky-dory, you do your thing and life's easy. No, it's like Monday through Friday, every day, part of your schooling, part of your practice, part of everything you do revolves around band. All right, they understand when you start this band lifestyle, I watched Cooper perform as well, as you start this This commitment within the band, it's not like you do it one time, you try it and you walk away. No, we're talking about something that requires your time. First, let's look at a commitment of your time. If you're going to be plugged in, it requires that you commit a certain amount of time. Now, I know that commitment comes from both ends. That comes from a parent, that comes from a kid, if we're talking about some of those sports. You talk about uh, the different... You talk about James McKinney and the commitment he makes to Georgia football. If there is a game, buddy, he's going to be there watching. I know Brother George mentions uh, Alabama and watching the game. He's ready. He knows it's marked. It's, it's prepared on the DVR. It's like automatic. If there's a game comes on, my commitment is the DVR will be running and will be recording. All right. We understand the time that's set aside for it. First off, if we're going to make a commitment of our time, it requires that of doing your best. In James chapter 2 and verse 14, I'll let you go ahead and turn there with me. In James chapter 2, beginning in verse 14, he's talking about faith, but it really, it ties directly in with the time because it's all about action. That's what James 2 is all about. The action that goes along with saying that I have faith shows that they were committed. James chapter 2 and verse 14, it says, What does it profit, my brethren? If someone says he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? All right. You break that down into band. It means... You pick up the instrument and you never practice it and you expect when you get up for competition that when you blow those, blow those notes that all of a sudden the right note's going to come out. You assume that when you get out there to play the drums that you're automatically going to have the right beat the first time when you start without ever practicing. You commit to being able to dribble and get around and to be the best point guard on the basketball team without ever picking up Ball. So James chapter 2 and verse 14 he says... ...you tell me you're good at band. You tell me you're good at basketball. You tell me you've worked real hard to be the greatest wide receiver... ...the world has ever seen. And he says, I'll expect some work. I'll expect some time was put in. And so our faith requires action. And so does anything else we commit to in life. If we're going to be plugged into something... It requires that we give our time. You know, we've got to take advantage of the moment as a Christian because if we're plugged in as far as being a Christian, we've got to use the right here and the right now. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 16, it says, redeeming the time, which means taking full advantage of. Redeeming the time for the days are evil. Take advantage of every moment, every opportunity that we have. Because the understanding that life is short is it is but a vapor. It's here for a little while and then it vanishes away. We see that there is a certain commitment that is required of us. In being a Christian, time is something that that we've got to be prepared to give up. You know, each Lord's Day we make a commitment to come to, to remember the Lord to study, to worship, to, to grow through it. We understand that, that there's just a certain amount of time that we've got to give up. But not only does the time stop there, in every, in every aspect of our life, our time is still going to revolve around God, whether we're doing something else or whatever activity we might be in. We still want to demonstrate Christian values. We want to demonstrate righteousness. We want to live for Christ and be Christ-centered at all times. You know, in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 7, it was as, as he was talking about the law, and they've got the law that they have to live by. In Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 7, uh, to the parents, he says, You shall teach them diligently to your children. The parents teach your children the laws, the statutes. He says, You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you, walk, when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. Do you know how much of the day that leaves out? None. There's none left. When you wake up, when you you lie down, whenever it takes place, if you're asleep, you don't necessarily have to sleep talk through the night about it. But outside of that, your life is centered around that of God and Christ. If you need somebody to sleep talk, you'd have to call on, well, Noah's not here, so I won't say it. All right, I'll tell him I said it, though. Uh, but within the, within the life, in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 7, the law of God is centered around every aspect of life. Every opportunity, everything that happens in life, we want to make sure we take advantage of it. That's our commitment to God. That's our commitment of our time to being plugged in to the Lord. Within the, the verse that Zach read at the be- beginning of services in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 13, it says, Exhort one another daily. Exhort one another daily while it is called the day, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Within our time, our time is for helping one another, encouraging one another. In in being a Christian, we've got one common goal. And within that, we want to help each of us, we want to help each one, each person to be able to go home, to be able to go to heaven. Man, time goes quick. All right. First, got to commit your time. We're going to have to speed up a lot. Not only do you have to commit your time, but any person that's got a child in band or a child in football, basketball, track, baseball, whatever it might be, if you like to watch SEC football, notice they want you to commit your money. All right, they want you to buy that band equipment. They want you to buy the cleaning equipment that goes with it. They want you to go ahead and cart your kids here spending money on gas. They, wanna, they want everything you do to involve helping. All right, and they said, and by the way, we also want you to mail in a check for an extra $100 at the beginning of the year. We're going to just add that to our special fund for whatever takes place with the band. All right, so not only do we need a commitment of our time, but there's a commitment of your money. That goes within everything that happens. Now, just as God expects your time, do understand that God expects the commitment of your money. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21, we're really talking about giving of your heart, and yet when he talks about giving of your heart, he says, give of your funds. He says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Do you care about football? If you do, well, then put your money where your mouth is. Do you care about your child being able to be in this different activity or this, uh, this different competition? Well, you're going to have to put your money in the same spot. So do you care about the Lord? You're going to have to put your money where all the talk is as well. You know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7, it says, Let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. He says, For God loves a cheerful giver. So don't just do it, don't just give because it's required, but God expects us to give because we want to. God expects us to do it out of a cheerful heart. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9, as you go back to to proverbs it says honor the lord with your possessions then he goes on and says and with your first fruits you know the best the best of your possessions the best of what you have and he says and with the first fruits of all your increase but also notice in first corinthians chapter 16 verse 1 and 2 he says now concerning the collection of the saints as i've given the order to those in Galatia, so much you also do. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay by him in store. Storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. We see within God's design on the first day of the week, one of the opportunities that we have is to give back. If we truly care about the Lord, we're going to be excited to giving our time. If we're ready to be plugged in, we're going to give our time. But if we're going to be plugged in, we're also going to desire to give our money. Now, it goes a lot deeper than that because not only do we have to give our time, you know, the time while we sit there and uh, go through the practices or the time that the parents give in which they go and show up or uh, watch the different things take place, but it's also committing your work. All right, there's a little bit difference between time and work because there's an effort required. It's not like you just showed up, but rather there's effort that's tied in with it. In Colossians chapter 3, we see the idea of being all in. All in on whatever opportunity is present. Colossians chapter 3, in verse 22, it says, uh, Bond servants obey in all things your masters according to flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart. Fearing God and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. Do it heartily, giving your heart, being all in. We've got to work for results. If you're to expect that you'll be better at whatever activity that you've got in your mind, if you're going to be a better fan, if you're going to uh, be better in any way, we understand that we've got to work for the results. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 23 says, in all labor there is profit. And he says, but idle chatter, it's not there. Within idle idle chatter, he says, that cheap talk, he said it leads to poverty. So within all labor, there is profit. Something comes from hard work. In being a Christian, hard work is required if we're going to be what God would have us to be. In Philippians chapter 4, in verse 12, Paul reflecting there, talking about his own life, he says... In verse 12, he says, I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. He goes on to say in verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, no matter where you're at where you find yourself in the shoes you wear. You know, they used to say, let him walk a mile in someone else's moccasins. In the shoes you wear, wherever you're at in life, whether it be, uh, well, as you look at Paul, it says whether you're abounding, uh, whether you're, you're living through that of a base, being a base, whether you're in any aspect, wherever you are, you've got to take the point at which you are and you make the best of it from there within committing your work, no matter where you're at in life, there's great work that you can do for the Lord. There's great things that can come from your work for the Lord. This past yesterday, uh, Saturday, there were, uh, there were a group of people that came and we went out and knocked doors and I believe there was over 300 doors that were hit uh, on that same day. I know there was... The email I got said it was over 540 congregations had committed to going out and knocking doors that day uh, to try to further the work of the gospel. And within that, we pray that great results come come from it. But there is something that we can do. There is something that we can do as far as working for the Lord. We've got to work for us to ever expect results to come. You know, really within our life, we want God to do the planning. And the only way for God to do the planning is for us to commit to Him in every way. You know, in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3, it says, Commit your works to the Lord. Let your work be committed to the Lord. Basically, being plugged into something above everything else is be plugged into the Lord. Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. Everything else comes along with it. Because of your commitment of the Lord, everything else falls into place. Now, don't take that to mean that life is easy. Uh, When the Bible says, uh, straight is the gate, God's really talking about a way that's... or straight is the way, narrow is the way that leads to life. He's really talking about a way that's difficult. It's going to be tough, but yet everything's going to fall into place. It's going to work out absolutely the best way possible. If you commit your works to the Lord and you say, wait, my life's falling apart. and I've been committed for a long time. Well, just understand that God had a lot better vision than necessarily we do, because God looks at the long term and the point being one day eternity awaits. And so therefore, whatever we do right now, whatever we endure right now is really for something that is ultimately better. It's not just a little better. It's not just that, you know, we had this really great life here, and so voila, I'm thankful to God that I was able to live this great life. You know, He blesses us in many ways, but rather, whether we live the great life or whether life seems miserable all the time, which a lot of times is really just outlook, but either way, the point is, in the end, it's really, really going to be great. And so we would say, It's ultimately great. All right, so we got to commit our time. We have to commit our money. We have to commit our work. Now, it might be, I know there's some here that are Freed Hardman students. If you're a Freed Hardman student, you would understand that you committed all that time that you gave when you were in school. And then after school, it just so happens that they call and they say, Hey, by the way, we're ready for you to give some more money. We want to make sure that more people get to come to school. And you're like, man. And honestly, no matter which school you went to, there's a good chance that they call you and say, Why don't you help your school? Help the old alma mater out. Make sure you send in your funds. We got your time, now we want your funds. We want your work. How about you call people and encourage them to do the same? Within Christianity, it's still all required. But be ready also to commit your action. Now, understanding that action and work are are very closely related... So when we talk about action, I want to talk about the action that we have right here, right now, the opportunities. You know, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse uh, 24, it says, and let us consider one another. Okay, so let's stop. And we're going to consider one another. So he says, think about everybody else. Now I know this is a me society and I understand it's very easy to get caught up in the idea of me and I do this for me. But in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 he says, think about your fellow brothers and sisters. And so he says, and let us consider one another. And then he goes on and he gives us us a little more. He said, let us consider one another in order to provoke them to love and good works. So as you think about your brothers and sisters in Christ, you say, hey, I want to provoke them to do something good. Now, when you think of the word provoke, I usually think of like, hmm, that's not good. My sister was provoking me. It really made me mad. No, he says, provoke to love and good works. You want to push them to be better. You want to push them to be better. And we say, okay, wait, how do we do it? So he says in verse 25, he says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. He says, you come and you encourage one another. Why? For love and good works. You're provoking them for love and good works. And how are you doing it? You're doing it because you are together. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another daily. Notice, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. What's he talking about? He's talking about eternity coming. He's talking about Christ returning and he says that day is coming and as the Lord comes back, we want to be ready But not only do we want to be ready, but according to verse 24, we care about our brothers and sisters in Christ. So therefore, I'm going to be here to encourage them. You know, it's not really about us, but rather it's about all. It's the good of the whole. It's about the good of the church. And so therefore, part of our action is in plugging in, we're going to commit to being a part. You know, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, we always want to look back at the the early church. If you want to know how to do it right, look at what the early church did, and we're just going to emulate what we did because we know it's right. So in Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, it says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Well, we better do that. They continued steadfastly in uh, fellowship. We want to do that. They continued steadfastly in breaking of bread. We want to do that. And they continued steadfastly in prayers. And we want to do that. In being a Christian, we want our commitment to be all in on the Lord. Now, my question is, are you plugged in? You remember our light? We said the big thank you to Charlie because Charlie brought us the light. And within that light, that light comes on. You know, and Christ talked to Christians in, in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16, he says, You are the light of the world. But if you're not plugged in, what do you see? Well, not much if the lights were out. If we didn't have the lights on in the auditorium right now and the light of the world was not plugged in, there's nothing that shines. I ask you, are you plugged in to the Lord? You know... Let me show you something. You said, I wanted to be plugged in, and so I started to. Well, the plug's touching. They're rubbing together. What do you see? We're not fully committed. He said, well, plug in just a hair further. (laughs) You see, It's, it's plugged in. But there's still no light. Unless we're 100% committed, unless we're fully plugged in, the light doesn't shine. Within Christ's teaching in Matthew chapter 5 and saying, You're the light of the world, the city that's set on a hill, said, he said, That light, that, that light shines. He said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. But I encourage you that if you're not plugged in, I would have to guess that your light is a lot more dim. I encourage you to make it a point to plug in. You say, well, there's nothing for me to commit to. There's nothing for me to plug into. And so I went back and I thought over the last month, I said, in the last two months, what are the different things that we've talked about? Well, you know, we have the opportunity each Lord's Day to come to wor- worship service. We've got a Sunday morning service. We've got a Sunday evening service. And you are invited. We want you to be there. We want you to be plugged into it. But you know, it doesn't stop there because we've got a Bible class on Sunday morning that was right before this. We've got a Bible class on Wednesday night, not to mention a separate Bible class on Tuesdays. Now I know there are some that can't come on times when it's dark because they're unable to drive if it's so bad, if it's so dark. So we've got the Tuesday morning class and there's some that come to that exclusively, understanding that they can't come during the night. Now I hope that if you can't drive during the night, I hope that also means that you can't drive to all the other fun things that are going on on such days during the night. I hope it's a commitment all the time. And I believe usually it is. But don't think it stops there because that was the simplest of the smallest things. If we were to look at the very beginning, we said a commitment of your time. That's just that's the smallest part of your time. If you commit to those uh, four or five hours a week, I would say... Great job. I appreciate you for doing that. But don't think it stops there. You know, we've got different devotionals that go on a regular basis. We've got people that host them. We've got people that speak at them. We've got people that pray. We've got people that sing. All those different things take place. You know, recently, uh, Ben Rickman and the college class have started a gathering on Wednesday nights where they get together before Wednesday night services and you could be a part. I know you didn't know about it and that's why I'm telling you. If you want to be a person that helps get food together or if you want to be a person that shows up and encourages the children, talk to Ben Rickman. He'd be glad to get you plugged in, but it doesn't stop there. We've got a focus team meeting that, that gets together once a month. We've got a P3, a prison ministry, uh, that they they send cards every uh, every so often to encourage those. You know, just last week we had a marriage retreat that we went on. There was an Olive Grove Terrace singing it takes place once a month. Uh, at the, the nursing home. There was a door knocking that took place yesterday. There was a food pantry that we have that we're always working on and they're announcing different times and ways in which you can be involved. Well, don't think it stops with the food pantry because we had the children's homes, the food drive that you were able to be a part of, which I want you all to know that we got way more stuff than we had asked for. I believe Debbie told me it was over 600 items last I'd checked and we were shooting for 500. So I'd say great job. Uh, there is also the fall festival coming up. We want you involved. There's Wednesday meals that happen once a month. You're able to come and be evolved, involved. There's a camping trip that, uh, that Nancy Hickson has, has scheduled. I believe that's next weekend. You're invited. Now, all these things you said, half of those are fun things. You're exactly right. And I would like to, to focus out and say that actually more of those are fun things than we probably give credit for. Uh, when you think of worship, it's a fun thing. We got lucky that Christ was willing to, to die for us. We were very blessed that Christ made a plan so that we could come and worship Him because He died for us. You look at all those different things and we see the opportunity to encourage brothers and sisters in Christ. I ask you today, is your light plugged in? If you're not, I encourage you, plug in. Make your life plugged into the Lord and plugged into the church. If you haven't given your life to Christ... I ask you to make a change today because Christ ultimately had the greatest plan, how that you could be saved, asking that that we put our faith in Him, understanding that that requires Him being the Messiah, accepting that Christ was the chosen one, the Son of God, the one that came in the flesh and died for us, asking us to repent of our sins, turn from what the world has, what the world has to offer and saying, you know, I want to live for Christ. Not only do we make that commitment and turn from sin, but then we're willing to confess Him before men. We want to tell everybody, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. We don't want to quit there. We want to be willing to go down into the water, to come back up, uh, to be immersed for the remission of sins, according to Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. And we still don't want to quit there, because if you quit there, you better hope you die really quick. If you... Follow through with all those things. What I then need is you to stay plugged in. Stay plugged into the Lord. I want you to give Him your time. I want want you to give Him your money. I want you to give Him your action. I want you to work for the Lord. That's what we're talking about. And then the promise is a home in heaven. If you haven't given your life to Christ, plug in right now. Come as we stand and sing.